founder, we're on a mission to democratize entrepreneurial education and on the way to building one of the largest online schools in the world for entrepreneurs. We interview some of the greatest founders of our generation to find out how they did it so you can too. However, in this series, we're working with our students in the community who are deep within the process of building their own successful business. These are the founders of tomorrow who have stood where you are and on the way to building the business of their dreams. Now, before we jump in, our lawyers have told us to tell you this. Of course, we can't guarantee you'll have the results like some of the stories we're about to share. And as you know, with any business, it's a lot of hard work in addition to completing any online course. With that said, welcome to From Zero to Founder. Hey guys, Molly here. I'm Founders Community Manager and welcome back to the series From Zero to Founder. Today, I'm sitting down with our Start and Scale student, Alicia Bode, to talk about her brand, Label 7th. It's such a unique brand with a great story behind the name. She's managed to sell out all of her product in just two days and made over 3.5K AUD, which is such an incredible journey. I can't wait to sit down and speak with her, so let's jump straight in. Hi, Alicia. Welcome. Why not start by introducing yourself and telling me a little bit more about your business? Sure. So my name is Alicia Bode. I um, started Label 7th only a couple of months ago. And uh, prior to that, well, there's not a lot to talk about in that sense, like, because obviously it's very new. But um, prior to that, I do have a salon. I own a hair salon with my sister in Adelaide. And um, I live in Victoria. So I do solely business stuff uh, and have since COVID hit. So I was, I am by trade a hairdresser. And yes, I've got 10 years in business this year with that. And uh, yeah, and then I started Label 7th because we wanted like an extra stream of income, obviously, given what's happened with COVID. Uh, we did try and push our online store when we were, you know, um, through COVID, which went really well and we got a little bit of a taste of it. So um, yeah, we wanted to, you know, venture out and start a whole new brand and have that as another leg of the business. So yeah. Very exciting. And for those that are listening, tell us a little bit more about what is Label 7th. So Label 7th is basically, it will, it's a hair automatic curling wand. Um, it's, that's the single product at the minute. I want to eventually expand, but the, the purpose of the brand is to save you time uh, and to help you like do your hair. So any product that we have that we launch is going to be time saving and easy to do at home. So that's the, you know, salon ready hair. That's the, that's the main thing for, for it all. So. Amazing. So I really love that you said salon ready hair at home because a lot of people, including myself, do struggle to achieve that effortlessly, I guess, polished look at home, which I think is so amazing that your product is also portable, which helps a lot. But before we touch more upon your product side of things, I'd love to talk about more. You said how COVID kind of changed your industry that you were in with hairdressing, of course, limitations with people coming into salon, but you also Mm -hmm. had experience with your online store, as you mentioned before. What sort of challenges did you face with launching um, an already made e-commerce store compared to launching a whole new brand in COVID? Yeah, that's a, such a good question because it was such a different, like I've like, okay, so first and foremost, having an audience already. So obviously we've got a large email list. We've been in business for 10 years. So it's like thousands and thousands of people that we could launch to. We've got people that have obviously been coming us coming to us for X amount of years that know, like, and trust us already. So a lot of the sales that happened online, like, we were doing thousands of dollars a day, but that was because we already, that, that's what would have happened anyway in salons. So they were just 
doing that online. But having the little taste of like that online where we were doing email marketing and like, you know, my sister is on the floor full time. So she's the manager. So we had a little bit of a, like, she was doing a bit of the website and she was like loving it. And and we're like, this is so fun. Like, this is awesome. And yeah, just had that. We already had the the market. We already had the people, you know, they already had purchased products before. So it was very, it wasn't that difficult to be honest. So, um, and that's not our main mainstream of income anyway. So it was very much like a, a little, like, oh, let's just do this to keep it going and just to get some money in so that we can keep our team pretty much keep our team employed. So um, that was with that. So that was what was the easy part of that. And to be honest, that wasn't difficult. Like there was nothing that it was very much like there was no goals in place. It was just like, a let's just do it and see what happens. <laughs> and then when I launched Local 7th, it was like, wow, this is, I mean, there's there's that thing that it's easy to do an e-commerce store and, it's e- and it looks seamless, but it's just so much work. Like, And the lead up to it, and I knew that the launch, like the lead up to that was going to be so important to how well the launch went. So, um yeah so that was the creating everything from scratch like it was kind of like brought me back to like when I was first in business and it's fun like I'm I'm excited about it and you know kind of like 10 years on in business you're kind of like trying to reinvent other things and it doesn't feel the same as when you start something and it's like fresh and it's new and it's like oh my god it's like unlimited possibilities like I'm just going to do this and I'm going to you know let's put that out there and obviously having 10 years of business knowledge helps it like tremendously but at the same point it's like I've never done online before so I've never had to like I'm used to people coming in face to face I can have a relationship with those people I'm not trying to have a relationship with them online so that's the challenge for me with label seventh is I'm trying to have like relationships and build a community online where they're not like they're seeing me like this rather than in person. And I'm not, you know, it's like the touch thing. It's like, I'm not touching the hair. I'm, you know, I'm trying to help them, but not be like my regular help that I usually would do. So yeah, it's a bit, a bit challenging. (laughs) That's such a great pickup because I think a lot of people listening that might be in the same sort of situation, whether they're transitioning from, you know, a brick and mortar store to online, you have to learn how to develop relationships without actually ever meeting that person. So that's such a great point that you just said then. I think so much insight will be taken from that. And when you were kind of getting ready to kind of go down the path of starting another revenue stream and starting your online business, did you find Start and Scale just to help you with those starting points of kind of creating, because you already knew how to make a website. Was it just creating those connections or what was the real purpose that you wanted to educate yourself on further? So I'm a process person. So I'm like, give me a process and I'll just execute. Like, I don't want to have to think about it. I'm like, I was in, like my sister and I had been in a business group prior um, four or five years. Um, So they basically like being in a group where it was like, I knew the value of community. So like that helped me heaps. And I knew that if I was going to do it and do it successfully, I needed help. So I wasn't like, I've, I've dabbled, I've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars in business development. So I know the importance of that. And I wanted, like, I've seen Greta before, cause I was a fan of the fifth watches and I saw her just pop up for years just kept popping up and popping up. And I'm like, oh, and I had this like thought, I'm like, I really want an e-commerce store. This was like five years ago. (laughs) And I've always kind of dabbled in little bits and pieces of it. So like learn like how to do an email list or learn how to do my website and learn like little bits and pieces 
that it's almost like those little bits and pieces then got on my journey for some reason. And then it's like, now I'm doing this and I've got a world of knowledge to back that up. But then there's also the course, which I, I have knowledge, but I, I'm not good at putting it in a process. So I'm like, okay, I know all of these things, but someone tell me like what process to do them in. And someone tell me like how to do that little things where like, you know, people say like, oh, you do influencer campaigns. And I'm like, well, how do you do that? So it's like those things where, and to be honest, I don't, I haven't really found that a lot of people are open enough around that kind of influencer thing. I don't know if they, cause they don't want you to take their influences or whatever, but it's like, I needed a course to tell me exactly what to do so that I could just go and do it pretty much. And yeah. And it just popped up and I was like, okay, now's the time it was COVID. I'm like, if we don't do it now, then we're going to miss the boat. And I'm like, it's not really in terms of like capacity. I didn't have capacity. I just had another baby. So I was probably like three months into having my second, like second daughter. And I'm like, oh, well just do it. (laughs) You just, you know, it never, there's never going to be a right time. So just get it done. So yeah. And that's what happened. I just bought the course and I was like, I'm doing it. It's like you just put all the pieces together and you finally had that finished jigsaw puzzle, which I think is really, really great because I think it's it's one thing to have 10 years in business prior, but then there's such a new wave of, um, you know, how to run a business, how to navigate through COVID right. and, and so on, which is just going to keep growing and changing, which I think is really great that yeah. you just took the plunge. And I'd love yeah. to talk to you more now about your product because it is a really great and interesting product that I have seen popping up, which is really, really great. But why did you, why did you choose a curler to begin with? Have you always done curls for your clients in the past or did you find that was the hardest at home style to do effortlessly? Yeah. So basically what, like while I was sitting on the idea of like, it was always going to be something to do with hair. So while I was sitting on the idea a couple of years back, we created a Facebook community for Bode, which is our hair salon. And I asked a question of like what the biggest challenge is. So that was in order for them to get into the group. And the common theme was styling. And when people think of styling, it's always curls. Like it was always, you know, every time someone was in the chair and I'd be like, oh, let's do these waves and I'll teach you how to do them. And they're like, oh, I just don't have time. Or, you know, it's just so hard. I can't get both the sides right. I can't do this. I can't do that. And I'm like, okay. And then I started educating a lot on our Bode Instagram in terms of like how to style your hair, because that was the biggest challenge that people had. Um, And then obviously being a mum, like I was like, okay, I know how to do my hair, but I don't have the time to do my hair. So it's like, i still want to look good. But at the same point, I'm like, it's so like to get the curler out and to, you know, to blow dry your hair and to, to section it out like this. I'm just like, oh, it, and I've always been a, like, give me something easy, like for courses, for example, give me something easy and I'll just do it. So I'm like, Hey, what's an easy product that is going to, you know, help people save time, get the, get the kill that they want without have like literally no, no like experience whatsoever. Cause that was the problem that I had. Like, I'd be like, Oh, do this. And they're like, but I don't know how to curl it. And I don't know how to, and I'm like, mm, this is an issue. Like I I'm helping people, but like, I'm not helping the people that really need it in terms of like, no, have no idea how to do their hair. So I don't know, I've been on AliExpress and Alibaba like for years, like just looking at products and like, I'd always be like, mm, maybe I should make an e-commerce store on that or, and I still do it now. I'm like, oh, maybe I should make another e-commerce store. <laughs> I'm like, no focus. <laughs> so I, I found this curling one. Well, actually, to be honest, like this is part of my journey. So I'll say this. I don't know if you've seen Slick Stick. Have you seen that? I have, yeah. So 
four years ago, I found that online and I was like, what a great idea. And I bought one for the salon and I just never did anything with it. Anyway, I saw that Mia Plekic girl and she's just grown it into like this multi-million dollar business. And I'm like, off of one thing, I'm like, I could have done that. So there's been so many moments in my life where I'm like, I'm like, what a great idea. And then I just do nothing with it. And then it, I see someone else down the track be like, oh, I've now got a multi-million dollar business. And I'm like, hold on, wait, I need to do something about this. Like, I just need to do it. And then I found this curler and I sat on it for like two years. I just, I bought it. I used it and I was like, this is so good. And then I was like, oh, but I don't really want to, like, I just had this feeling internally that I didn't want to cross promote with Bode. I just didn't want to do that. I don't know why. I just was like, no, it's not the right time. And then, yeah. And then I found it and it was awesome. And yeah, I sat on it for a couple of years and I'm like, all right, now's the time. And then when I did the course and they teach you how to, that was always going to be my first product. So when they went through the point of, you know, what's, what's going to be your product and what's going to be your business. I already knew that that was going to be what I was going to do. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not looking at anything else. I'm just going to start that and do that there. So yeah. Such a crazy story because so many people that we've spoken to before in the past, whether it's on this podcast or myself, just in the community have had that same common theme where it's like, I saw this and now someone just beat me to it. And it's like, you just have to act. If you have that passion, you have that motivation, exactly like what you've done yourself is just pursue it and see how you go. And I think that's really, really interesting. And All the things you just mentioned is 100% me. I chopped all my hair off and now I was like, I know how to style long hair, but how do I do it with short hair? And I had no idea how to do it. And it's such a tiring process learning and you feel like you're going to break your wrist trying to curl and it's just not, it's not it. So when I saw your product, I was like, wow, that's a really, really smart and innovative way to do it while traveling, as you mentioned, as a busy mum, or if you're just learning how to, you know, style your hair. And I think that's really, really great. And um, you mentioned Alibaba and I'd love to talk to you more about that process because I'm sure people listening have stumbled across the website. How did you go through those different products and find a product that A, seems legit and something that you think would have good quality? And what was the processes that you went through to kind of verify that this was the seller that you wanted to kind of go with? Yeah. Okay. So I, I got... Uh, how many people did I get samples from? I got samples from about six people. But when I was searching, I always would put in verified buyer and the other crown thing. I can't remember what that's called. <laughs> and I put those in and then I would search and then have a look at, you know, more so on Ali, AliExpress, I think it is. They have a lot of people that have like purchased their products. So I look at their, you know, feedback and everything. Um, but then on Alibaba, when I was doing when I started doing this where I was like, okay, I need somewhere that actually is going to give me like large quantities. Um, I just contacted a few people and I, I was very much like, how quick are they responding to me? Um, And how quick did they get their product out to me when they, when I asked for a sample and how, how good's the quality of the product? So I had three of them where they were like the same product, but it was like, not good. It was just like, you know, it looked cheap or like there was something on there that, you know, just looked tacky. And I was like, "Mm." so I, I put it down to three other ones and I was like, okay. So, and then I, I just had this better relationship with one of them. So I, yeah, I just went with them, but I, there's a part in the course that says to get three people that you can, you know, in case anything happens with this one, I have not done that yet, but um, that is on my to-do list to do. Cause I'm like, I need to do that just 
like, cause I'm like, that's what they said in the course. Just do it and <laughs> trust the process. <laughs> so yeah, I've just got one for now. Cause I'm like too much, just go with this one person. And then, yeah, they've been really good. But in saying that I do, I did have, um, and this was right before launch at silly me. I didn't unpack my order. This was like the day that I was launching. I didn't unpack my law order and I started putting them all in their packages once I'd sold them and to sell, to put out. And two of them were like just fully smashed. And I was like, I literally had put like exact order, exact number in my Shopify store. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And luckily I'd done a pre-order to do with influencers and like um, user generated content. And I had two left and I was like, oh, phew. So I replaced those two, but I was actually freaking out. Cause I was like, I, I'm all over the place at the moment with, you know, my, it's at home and like there's shit everywhere. It's just like no process in that sense. So I'm like, that's, that's my next thing to do a bit of a process. So yeah. And that's, I've just maintained a really good relationship with them. And yeah, that's, that's pretty much, I just kind of was like, you know, cause I was a bit worried about going on there at first and buying from there. So I was like, I don't know, like if I do these, like, is it going to, you know, are they going to just take my money and never give me the products? And I'm like, oh gosh. So I was like, well, that's the risk I've got to take. So just do it and see what happens. So yeah, that's about it. That's all that I did. Yeah. And I think that's really great insight because a lot of people can get a bit worrisome about going onto these particular websites if you've never had any prior experience. So I'm sure they'll find that advice really, really helpful. Had the thought ever come across um, sourcing versus actually creating your own product? Or did you always think that you were going to go down the sourcing of um, a product that already pre-existed? Well, I purely for money purposes, I just went down the, I was always going to go down the path of um, already, already made. So I do eventually want to create something of my own, but that's going to be more of a product, like a a hair product in the sense. So I, I don't think it's not really crossed my mind to, to actually create a, a, like a, what are they called? Like a, an actual, you know, like machine, curling wand or, or machine. Yeah. yeah something yeah. like that. I've never, I'm always kind of like, Oh, too hard basket <laughs> to be honest. I'm like, that'll do. That's, that's better. That's a good product already. So I'm like, why reinvent it? Um, unless there was something that, you know, I was getting a lot of feed. If I was getting a lot of feedback from a certain thing and I really felt that, you know, I had the money to change it and to, to make it better. Um, then I would maybe go down that path, but not, I'm probably not going to do that with the curling wand. I'll probably just keep it as it is. Yeah. And I think it's a great perspective because we have such an array of amazingly successful students on here that go from literally creating a product from scratch and sourcing products like you, which is just as acceptable. And you can do just as amazing things when you source products. And it's all about the marketing and your brand and your connection to community, which you've done really, really well. So I'd love to talk to you more about that side of the business. How did you actually navigate creating a brand? Because I know that you have had a little bit of influence from Greta's fifth watches. So I'd love for you to speak more about the name of your brand and the marketing behind that as well. Yeah, cool. So um, I chose label seventh because I wanted to, my UVP to be uh, seven days a week and then go and just keep playing on the seventh. So, you know, amazing hair seven days a week. Um, And then the seventh, so it drops on the seventh of every month for seven days only. So the same, same concept as Greta's, but I looked at other, like the competitors and I was just like, they're all the same. Like it's all the same pink, you know, Instagram. It's the same 
it's exactly the same product. Literally, I bought all of them. And I was just like, the same product. I was like, what is going to be, like, why would people buy from, like, Label 7? Like, why, what's going to be the difference? Like, yeah, price point maybe. But, again, I didn't want to be the cheapest in the market. Um, because obviously like through the course you learn like you know your margins and all that sort of stuff and I was just like you know I don't want to shoot myself in the foot in that sense and have a really cheap product and then you know not be able to take it anywhere or not be able to scale and because obviously scaling costs money so I'm just like what do I do and I was like I'm gonna go on the the play on the fifth like I always loved that I was just like you know I was I was that consumer I was like on there I'm like, oh, let me sign up. I'm like, oh, they, they, they're going to send me an email because I really want this one. And I'm going to buy it straight away. So it's like that scarcity. And I've I've worked with scarcity a lot in terms of like, um, you know, the salon and stuff. And I'm like, scarcity works. So I'm like, you know, and for me, I think it's important. Like it worked well for my the way that I operate as well because I need like a deadline. Okay, if I've got a deadline of like, I've got a month to do this, and then I'm dropping again for seven days, then that's the way I roll. Like I'm good like that. Whereas if I had a product that was just, you know, you're able to buy it whenever, wherever it's like, for me, I'm like, how much will I invest my time in that? If I'm, if there's no real urgency for it. So the scarcity part is for me as well, not just for the consumer. So that's, that's why it fit with me. And, you know, it, yeah, it just fit with the, my model of the world. So the way that I operate as a business owner as well. Hey there, Nathan Chan here, see on publisher of Founder Magazine. If you're enjoying From Zero to Founder and you want to learn from some of the greatest entrepreneurs of our generation, then I highly recommend you also subscribe and check out the Founder Podcast. We talk to some of the most successful people on the planet to discover how they're building their businesses. So you can take a front row seat as we go deep and we learn from some of the founders of brands like Netflix, Dropbox, Reebok, and so many more, and how they built these companies. You can find the Founder Magazine podcast with Nathan Chan on all podcast platforms. Make sure you subscribe. All right, now let's get back into the show. I love the idea that you said you wanted to set yourself apart because there are a lot of people within the group or within just probably listening to this podcast that might think, okay, but someone else already does this. How can I make it different? Or there's such an oversaturated market. And one of the things that I've learned by speaking to so many of our amazing um, community members is that it's all about branding and marketing, which I think you've done really, really well. And oh, thank you. No, my pleasure. I think it's really great. And everyone should definitely check out your, your website as well, because it's really, really impressive. And how did you kind of figure out if you were launching for seven days on the seventh month, how did you kind of figure out your stock levels? If you wanted to sell out of a product or not sell out of a product, how did you kind of navigate that tricky relationship? So basically I haven't navigated that yet. If I'm completely honest, <laughs> I haven't, I'm still testing and measuring what works best. I've just done. So on the launch and I shot myself in the foot for this cause I didn't believe in myself enough. And I only bought 30 curlers for the launch. And I sold, obviously sold out of that. And it was like, okay. I was like, damn it. I should have bought more. But then I was like, no, it's about the long game. I'm like, it's a lesson learned. Let me, let me move this on to the next one. So what I found was I did a, like I literally yesterday just did a 300 order. So I did 300 curlers, but I did that because they got Chinese new year in January and they get back. And then I have to order again for my February order. So it was like, I'm like, okay, well, I don't know how much. And I thought, however much I buy, 
that's how much I'm going to sell. So like the goal is to do the double, like double on every month. So, you know, sell 60 next month and then the month sell 120 and so on and so on. But I'm like, I'm not going to sit like my thing at the start was what if I'm sitting on all this stock and I don't sell it? And I'm like, that's not an option. So I'm like, let me just go all in. And then I got my branding done on it as well. Cause I had stickers before. It was just like, I'm like, Oh, that's, that's just starting. I'm like, that's just what we're going to do for the start. And then, yeah, when I did a bigger order, I was like, okay, cool. I can get my label on it. I can get, you know, I can have the stock there just in case, you know, for like influencers, for user generated content, for, um, to, for selling, like I, I, I don't have to cap it then. And then I've obviously like, I'll, I'll go, okay. So this month, my goal is to sell this month. And then if I sell that much, then that means that I've sold out. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, I think it's just believing in myself in sense of like, okay, well, this is because four weeks I've got to, it takes two weeks to get here. So really on my, on my first, like when I launched, I needed to have done another order. And I was like, I don't know like how much to do, but I worked out my numbers and I have to sell uh, 78 to break even from everything that I've spent for next launch. So my goal is to sell 150 next launch. So I'm like, okay, so I didn't, like I sold out, but I didn't profit. And I think that's really important for people to know is like the amount of money that I spent on creating the brand and creating my website and creating, you know, all the, like my, my photography alone costs $500. So I'm like, you know, all of that adds up. And I ended up spending about 10 grand just on the startup. So startup and, and products. Um, so yeah, my next goal is to, I'm like, it's not profitable right now, but it, it's the long game. I'm like, it will be profitable. I'm like, I just have to take slow steps. Cause I don't want to, I don't want to just go, Oh, I've got heaps of product. And then, and then I never sell it. So that's the kind of, that's the goal in that sense. So yeah, but no, to answer your question, I haven't got that right yet. <laughs> I'm sure it will get right soon. Yeah. And I think it's great that you have that transparency because a lot of people listening, when they hear stories like this, they can get kind of swept up in the figures and thinking that that's all profit. Yes which, you know, for some it is, and that's incredible. And for others, it's putting it back into the business to create breaking even to then make profit, which is exactly what you just mentioned. And I think that's a really, really important point that you've just highlighted, as well as the the challenges in working out your numbers to begin with, to help you actually set yourself up for success and not kind of have that snowballing effect where you're trying to chase your tail, which I think is really, really important as well. And I would love to know. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Cause I didn't do my numbers in terms of, I did my, my margins, but I didn't do my numbers in terms of, okay, I've spent X amount and now I need to sell this many curlers to, to break, like break even or to profit. So I, I did that after my launch. Cause I was happy to be honest. I was happy to sell one. I was like, if I sell one, then I'm the success. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just like, so 30 was like a dream boat. I was like, this is awesome. So yeah. No, I think that's really great to touch upon. And, and as you mentioned, selling one is to know that there's interest in the product to sell 30 and then to sell out is just as incredible. And um, yes. I'd love to talk to you about your launch because I think selling out in, I believe it is two days out of the seven that you were actually live is such an amazing feat. And I think it sets you up for success to kind of gauge interest in your next month as you touched upon. How did you feel right. when you saw that first sale come through from someone that you had no idea who they were? What was that feeling like? Well, someone actually bought at 1.15 a.m. in the morning. So I was like, well, the scarcity worked. <laughs> I was like, she didn't want to miss out. And I didn't know who she was. And I woke up at 
So I'm not an early riser. Even though I've got kids, I try and like sleep in as much as I can. <laughs> but I got up at five to feed my three, a uh, six-month-old and and I looked at my phone and I was like, oh my gosh, I've got a sale. But the first thing I saw was a message from another customer saying that it's saying that your, your website's on test mode. I was like, oh my God. So I was like 5am. I'm like, quick. I'm like, someone's already bought those. So I was like, how does that work? And then I was like going in there, going through everything. I was like, oh my God, am I going to stress me out? I'm like, I don't know what to do up at 5am. Like, and then once I got it off test mode and I'd, I'd, po- I'd pre-posted I'd done a post to go out at 6am. I went out at 6am and I was getting these orders. They were like, ding, ding, ding. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. And then some of them were from past clients as in like um, customers from the hair salon, but majority of them weren't. And I was like, this is so cool. And then, cause my partner's got an online store and he, um, I had my phone on silent to start with. And he, I went in the shower and he put my phone on, loud because I was so excited that I made my first sale he's like that's so good good job and I went on I went to the um, bathroom and I came back and he's like I put your phone on loud just because I want you to hear the ding whenever you get a sale I was like okay and then it was just like ding cha-ching 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 I was like oh my god this is so cool so I was just like this high I'm like oh I want more so yeah that was that was like it's so funny like being in business for 10 years and I'm like you know obviously people are spending like $500 a pop on their hair sometimes, but to make like a $110 sale the first time I was like a kid in a candy store. I was like, this is so cool. (laughs) Especially from someone you don't know. So I was like, it's working. (laughs) It's such a good feeling. And it brings back the euphoric feeling, as you mentioned. And a lot of people comment on that sound, which is something that I find so funny every time we speak about launches is how addictive and how much serotonin you can get from that little Shopify cha-ching. But it's, yeah. it's so heartwarming and I think it's great. And I think even as you pointed out, having a business in the past or still having a business, it's almost like starting fresh and you feel like it's something to be excited all over again, which is really, really great. And um, touching upon how you sold out in two days, how much did you actually make from launch in those two days when you still had technically five days left to, to trade if you still yeah. had stock? Uh, so I did three and a half grand. So I did tw- I did 24. Uh, in the first 24 hours, I'd sold, I only had four left after 24 hours. And then I sold the last four in the morning of the second day. So I was like, oh, I don't know what to do now. My partner's like, well, what happens now? I'm like, I don't know. They just have to go on the list for the next month. And he's just like, really? But what they can just go buy from someone else. I'm like, yeah, but they're not going to because like, cause of the brand. And he's like, okay. And I'm like, and if they do, that's okay too. And he's just, I'm like, there's plenty for everybody. And he's like, yeah, okay. That's true. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, okay, cool. I don't know what to do now. Yeah, you kind of sit there thinking like, wow, that happened so quickly. It'd be like a big rush of emotions and then you just kind of have to collect yourself. But yeah, you touched upon something really interesting just then saying how, you know, people will just have to wait for the next one. How have you found keeping people or your customers engaged um, during that time from the seventh of one month to the seventh of the other? Is it through your email lists, social media? How do you keep them kind of in your community and not go buy from someone else? Yeah. So three ways. So we do, and this happened on, so I had influencers set up for the seven days of, of launch. So I had to message four of them and say, I need you to change your, what you're putting in the caption because we're sold out. So say that, say that, but also get them to sign up to the next um, email list. And so that was one of the things. So I had the influence that I pre had pre done. I had them change their message 
Um, and then throughout the time we've been nurturing them with emails. And then we've also um, been, you know, just in our Instagram posts, like make sure you sign up. And then I've just got another lot of people posting soon. So it's basically like we're doing a launch every month. It's like we just rinse and repeat every single month and keep doing better and better month on month. So that's, yeah, that's the plan. And I've, I actually noticed that I did, I had a really good influencer who got quite a, like 30 people on my email list. And then I had other ones that I'd paid for a reel that got five, five or so people on my list. But then my, my friends and family that I gave the curler to, they were getting five or six people on the email list. So it was kind of like a, like I used majority of the, majority of the signups were coming from people posting for me. So, yeah. And then just, you know, making sure that I'm nurturing them throughout the whole time and, you know, sending them, you know, bits of content and reasons why that you need, and you need the curler reasons why you should wait till next January, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And, you know, I think my biggest thing with this brand is the education around how to use the curler, how to, how to do your hair, like even not even just styling with the curling one, just styles in general. So that's the, I think that's, you know, I always look at, okay, so why are people going to buy from me? And I'm like, because I have the knowledge that I can give them in terms of how to style their hair. So, and there's no one that I've noticed in terms of their marketing, like in my competitors marketing, there's not a, there's no face to the brand. So there's not a person that you can connect with. And like, I know that being in business for 10 years is like you, like you want to connect with somebody. You want to know that person's story. You want to know how they came to doing this business. You want to know how they came to buying the curler. You know, you know, you want, you want to, you want invested knowledge and, you know, in that person, not just the brand. So it's like, it's harder. It's more work for me because I've got to have my face on it and I've got to be doing the videos and all that sort of stuff, which I love doing anyway. But I think if they can connect with me and if they can see, you know, I'm a mum who doesn't have time either that I know how to do my hair, but I still use this curler because it's way easier. So it's like they can connect with me on, on that sense. And it's like, that's why they would buy from me, you know, and that's why they would wait. Yeah. And I think that's really important building that trust and that credibility and the rapport with those people, because you do have all the insider knowledge, you know, how to treat your hair, you know, how to prep it for curling and things like that, which, yeah. you know, any other brand would go out and grab the same curler, but not having that knowledge, people could damage their hair, which then could be negative yes. feedback on the curler um, or the business, which I think is really interesting. Yeah. I would love to talk yeah. since you launched how has the feedback been since people have been able to grab those 30 curlers, have them in their hands and actually use them in their day-to-day -day lives? What sort of feedback and reviews are you getting? Yeah, they're just like, oh my God, like I can actually get even curls on both sides. I'm like, how good is it? And a lot of them have messaged me and been like, this is the best. Like one of my friends is like, my friend went on your website a couple of times and it's sold out and she wants one. I'm like, tell her to get on the list for next month. So it's kind of like, yeah, people are loving it. They're just like, wow, it's like I can actually do my hair and it's so easy. And yeah, so that's the the common thing that I'm getting from the feedback is the time saving, which is like, I think someone asked a question when I posted about it in the group and they said, what was the you know biggest feedback that you're getting? And I was like, I think I've nailed like what the curler will do for you, like how it will change your life. And I've nailed the avatars of the people that need it. So it's like, 
I think that's so important. Like if you go back to foundations, it's like, who are you talking to and how are you going to solve a problem for them? Because if, you're, if your product's not solving a problem, then why would they need it? It's just a more of a, it's a necessity now. Like I'm making it a necessity for them. So you need to have a curler in your, on your bag because if you don't, then you're going to have to use a curling wand and we may not know how to do your hair with a curling wand. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. I definitely think you've nailed the customer avatar. I even want to grab one because I think it's such a great way to how to do your hair. Like, and especially for thick hair because your curls drop all the time. So you might need to touch it up or it's just the little yep. things that like a lot of people who use curlers might be like, yes, that will tick, 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 which I think yeah. is really, really yeah. valuable. And everything yeah. that you touched upon creating connection with those people and, and putting a face yeah. to the name and the brand, I think is really important. And as I've said again and again, you've absolutely nailed it. And um, working towards wrapping up here, I would love to know where you kind of hope to take label seven in the next launch or the next three launches or product developments. What sort of ideas do you have for the brand? Yeah. Okay, cool. So I've got, um, I've got a few ideas for products in terms of what I'm going to, I know what the next three products that I'm going to launch, um, but that's not going to be for another 12 months. I'm going to really like hone in on the curler and just, you know, get my customer service right, like whatever, whatever they need in terms of, I think that's my biggest thing is like, how can I next launch and the launch after that is like, how can I keep improving the customer experience? So, you know, how can, how can someone how can I do it so that someone buys and they know exactly how to use it? They have no questions so that I'm literally answering all their questions before they even ask them. So um, that's my goal in terms of customer service and launch. Like I said, every, every launch, I want to double each time. That's my goal. And then my goal is to get to 200,000 profit by in six months time. So I need to sell 3,333 3, curlers to get to that so that's my goal <laughs> what a nice round number that is as well it's easy yeah. to remember yeah. um and I have no doubt you'll get there as well with seeing how much passion and seeing how involved you are in the uh, start and scale community as well it's always lovely seeing your face pop up there and give insight and information oh, back you. to others so thank you so much but You're I think welcome. this is my favorite question for a reason and I I love hearing people's answers to this because they can vary so widely but for anyone listening to this that might be in a position that you were, whether that's they have an idea, but they keep seeing people chase it and doing their dream, what advice would you give to someone that might want to pursue their own e-commerce business? Oh, this is, okay, so this is something that I got from the course and it's stuck with me the entire time, is version one is better than version none. So, and that's that's literally what I, that's my mantra for this whole thing is like I put I put it off so many times, but you can't, you just need to, it's not going to be perfect the first time. You may not make a profit the first time. You're probably not going to make a profit the first time, but that's okay because if you, you know, if you're passionate about it and it's a, it's a long, you know, it's a long-term business, if you're doing it just to to make a quick buck, then this is that's not for you. It's just definitely not the thing to be doing because it's not that. It's a lot of hard work. It's consistency, it's, you know, speaking to your audience, it's you know, create, having a product that's going to solve somebody's problem and, you know, or save somebody's time or, you know, do something for them. But at the end of the day, it's just like, I, I know a lot of people, and this was me, like just so crippled in, in the sense of fear, like, oh, what if this? And what if that went, well, what if the other side of it, what if you succeed? And what if you, you know, what if you end up creating a million dollar business? What if you help millions of people? Like, what's the, you know, what's the intention behind it? Because I think if the intention just falls based on money, 
then it's not the right time. It's got to be, you know, something that you're driven about that even if you're not making a profit, you still want to keep going and you keep wanting to, you know, it's like something that it's not like the money's great, obviously, but at the start, that can't be your motivation because it, there's so many other things that come with starting an e-commerce business. It's not just about the money because it, it costs money to scale. So you need money to, to grow it at the end of the day. And that's probably the biggest lesson in business that I've learned is like, that's a key thing that I just have not, I only just really touched on probably four years ago is like, okay, in order to scale, you need money to scale. And scaling sometimes doesn't look profitable. Scaling sometimes is, okay, scale. And then the profit comes after that. So it's like, yeah, just do it. Mm-hmm. And it's like that old saying, like need money to make money, which is, it sucks, but it is true. And I think as you touched upon, passion and purpose is just another motivator and a great thing to keep pushing you through. So I can't wait to hopefully yep. see where you go in the next six, 12 months, hopefully six months, we can check back in. You've reached that 300,000 oh. goal, which is so amazing. But um, I want to thank you so much, Alicia, for spending the uh, morning sitting down and speaking with me and sharing more about your business. Oh, you're welcome. Can I just say one more thing? This was my, one of my goals was when you posted first, like it was like I first got into the group and then you said, oh, we're doing podcasts. I was like, I'm going to be on that podcast. I'm like, but I didn't think it was going to be like now. I thought it'd be like a year's time. I'm like, I'm going to be on that podcast. <laughs> like, that's my goal. I want them to, to invite me on the podcast. So that was a little goal of mine that, you know, little goals and celebrate those wins. And yeah. No, I think that's so lovely. Thank you so much. It warms my heart hearing that. And hopefully in the next year we can touch upon it again and you'll be on for a second time or a third time, which will be even greater. So thank you, Alicia, so, so much. Thank you so much. Hey guys, we hope you're loving From Zero to Founder and you're getting a ton of value from it. If you want to access the exact free training that led today's founder to where they are now, head to founder.com or head to the link in the show notes.